Welcome to the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, August 12th. We beat the Friday the 13th little curse by one day. Thank goodness for that. And the other reason to be thankful, folks, it's Kicker Friday. Mark Schofield with Chuck Zotta here, as always. And before we get rolling, we wanted to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down your game film and pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much, much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon for one free breakdown today. And perhaps, listeners, if you're listening, you can send in some special teams clips. Maybe you get somebody as knowledgeable about special teams breaking it down as our own Chuck Zotta. Chuck, Kicker Friday, what's on tap for us? Kicker Friday, we are heading to uh, the, the nasty north of Buffalo, New York, and we're going to be taking a look at Dan Carpenter, who uh, Bills fans, it, it, he seemed to draw the ire of Bills fans last season, uh, not so much because of what he did on field goals, but more because of what he did on extra points, where he actually had six misses over the course of the year. And really, I saw the stats, I wanted to dig in, take a look at it, and see if I could figure out what was actually happening and if, if this was something that was you know, a correctable problem or something that was going to be a longer-term issue here. Well, I guess the question at the outset is, are you going to draw the ire of Bills fans now, now that this piece is up? Uh, well, look, Bills fans are nothing if not passionate, so I'm sure that someone is going to be unhappy with what I wrote. Either they're going to think that I was too nice to Mr. Carpenter, which is probably likely, or they're going to think that I was too aggressive. I think Bills fans, uh, judging from what I've seen about uh, Carpenter in the last year, they weren't huge fans of him. So I think I may actually uh, get a little bit of flack for being potentially going a little easy on Dan. Ooh. Well, before we dive into it, let's kind of set the context for this because, you know, you talk about some issues with extra points. How did he stack up compared to the rest of the NFL? Was he still sort of league average or was there a real discernible issue there from a statistical standpoint? Well, this is interesting because I always try to give myself and you always talk about the importance of context when you are going through an evaluation of a player. And so I always like to look, where did a player come from? Where is he today? Uh, And and, and I really try to examine that to see the path that he's been on in order to get to this point. And what I saw was a guy who his first five years was, was pretty uninspiring. I mean, he was in Miami for five years from 2008 through 2012, and he was actually a little bit below average as a kicker. He made 81% of his kicks, uh, which is about 2% below the league average. And the one thing that was a little bit redeeming there was he did kick from a little bit farther uh, than the league average for field goals. His average kick was from about 30, almost 37 yards. Uh, I'm sorry, right, um, a little bit, about 38 and a half yards compared to the league average of about 37 yards. So he kicked from about, you know, a yard and a half further. But either way, it's, it's nothing was really particularly uh, impressive when you looked at those first five years. And then he goes to Buffalo, which is a tougher place to kick because, you know, you're kicking in the cold for half the year there. It's, you know, you're not talking about friendly conditions. Uh, The stadium up there, you get some swirling winds and so forth. So you figure, if anything, he's going to get worse. And instead, what you saw was a guy who over the next three years, 2013, even through last year, was actually better than average. He made 89.1% of his kicks, beat the NFL mark by 4%, and even on kicks in that 30 to 39-yard range, which 
tends to be a representative sample, pretty close to what you see on on the extra points now. He was above average there as well. He made about 93% of his kicks compared to 91% for the league. So, tale of two kickers here. When he was in Miami, didn't really stand out, but the last three years on field goals, been above average and honestly, been a very capable kicker. You wouldn't put him in that elite level, but very capable. But what about statistically from extra point range? Because that's the issue kind of what we're talking about here, and it seems like that was a different story last season. Yeah, it, it really was. And to be honest, it was tough to watch, I think, uh, for a lot of Bills fans. Uh, Carpenter was the second worst in the league from the extra point uh, mark last year. He missed six kicks. The only kicker who was worse uh, was Jacksonville rookie Jason Myers. And so you talk about the issues that uh, Carpenter had here. And honestly, the biggest issue that I saw was that a lot of them happened as the year went on. It was, you had five of them in the second half of the year. And in particular, he went through a stretch at the end of the season where he was only 9 of 12, only 75% uh, from extra points to finish the season. So it wasn't a case where he missed a few at the beginning and sorted it out and got everything in line. This was a case where he actually started off the season 23 of 24 and then completely fell apart on them to finish the season. And that's why I had some concerns when I started to look at this. And, and I said, okay, I need to see what's going on. Is this a mental thing? Is it a mechanical thing? What's actually happening here? And, and that's really why I wanted to dig into this because it wasn't a situation where it was problem happened at first and then was solved. This was, okay, we've got something that got worse as the season went on and they brought him back and they didn't really bring in anyone who was strong competition for him. They brought in Marshall Morgan, who I had written right after he signed with him, really is not uh, an NFL caliber kicker at this point. They got rid of him within you know a week of training camp. So, you know, there hasn't been a lot of competition here, but this is a guy who has some question marks on that extra point attempt. Now, you dug into his mechanics a little bit, and I want to get to that, but you start out before the mechanics discussion, it illustrated how he was kicking from the left hash mark initially on extra points, missed a couple, moved to the center of the field, and it got worse. Do you think, is that an indication to you before we get into the mechanics that something got in his head and then it snowballed from there? I don't know if it was in his head or if this was something that was pushed by the coaching staff necessarily. All I can tell you is that statistically, he was much stronger from that left hash mark. And especially given his mechanics, uh, you know, he's a guy who, when I talk about kickers, often, uh, you know, if you have your beers handy, I often talk about golf. And now you can drink as I've made that golf reference that we always do on Kicker Friday. You know, Carpenter is a guy who has a somewhat unorthodox approach to the ball. I, I liken him. He's very similar uh, kind of to the Bubba Watson of, of kickers in that you know he's a little bit unorthodox. He generates a lot of torque in his mechanics, but it's not really the prettiest swing, but it tends to work more often than not. Again, the last three years, he was an above-average kicker on field goals. But you know, I think th- the issue that you run into with Carpenter is he's, he's a little quirky there, and, you know, in particular, 
when we talk about moving from hash to hash, this is something that we saw from Stephen Hauschka last year on Extra Points as well. And Hauschka has a very similar uh, type of approach to him. He he also is a very torquey guy, very much a sidewinding uh, style, a flat kicking plane that he takes. He's not really coming straight up and down through the ball. It's very much uh, a lot of rotational energy there. And both of these guys had trouble with the new extra point for some reason. So I don't know if it's something just with that style of kicker necessarily, but you saw both of these guys moving around, and it's not something that I like to see from a kicker. I like to see a kicker who, even if things aren't necessarily going well, trusts his process, trusts his leg, and trusts his ability to figure it out. And I didn't see that from Carpenter here. Let's dig into his mechanics a bit. And in the piece, you dive into a game against the Houston Texans, looking at some of his extra point attempts there. What did you find when you started to look at him frame by frame, his approach, his plant foot, and all of that? So what I did, just because I wanted to see these things, I I wanted to see a make and a miss in just about as identical a situation as I could find. So I went to uh, a game against the Texans last year where fortunately he had both a make and a miss at the same end zone so I could isolate uh, both of these kicks side by side here. And what I saw was that frame by frame, the beginning portion of the kick, everything is identical. His approach when he first sets up, Uh, sets up in the exact same position, the exact same location on the field. Everything looks identical. So immediately, I cross off the alignment as being the cause of a problem. Sometimes, you'll see kickers that don't have a consistent alignment. They may, uh, you know, line up differently from kick to kick. Wasn't the case here. So you you cross that one off the list, which is good, because if that's happening at the NFL level, uh, you've got some issues there. So then you start to go further through the kick. You say, okay, he's got a jab step. Well, his jab step is in the same place. Then he has a a second step that he takes uh, with his right foot, the step right before he plants. And I looked at that, and it's right on the 20-yard line in the same position each time. So I'm coming through there, and finally I come up to the point where I actually see uh, his his plant step happening. And this is really where the issues start to happen for Carpenter because his plant step, it happens in the same location, but the angle tends to vary from kick to kick. And this is the problem that he had on extra points. And this, it may be a mental thing because you're not talking about doing anything differently from a regular field goal here. But in the kicks that Carpenter makes... His plant foot is pointed directly through the target. In a number of the ones that he has missed, his plant foot is skewed all over the place. And in particular, you saw it on the one that I mentioned here where instead of going straight through the target, it's actually pointing across his body towards the right side. And what that does is it forces him to try to... It makes him work harder to try to get his leg back across his body. And in doing so, it throws his mechanics and balance off completely. Folks, Chuck just took us frame by frame through the importance of a kicker's approach to the football, and that shows you how powerful film can be for the coaches that are out there listening. You know that as well. And crossover football can help you guys win more games and make smarter use of the film room. Crossover breaks down and takes stats of your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a lot of other great information that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology. You can create custom highlight reels, and you can exchange video with anyone on any platform. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. 
That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free today. So Chuck, that placement of his plant foot and how he points that, how does that get off kilter from kick to kick? I don't know, and it, it, it really shouldn't be because this is the type of thing that you practice day in and day out to make sure uh, that it is as consistent as gravity. It's planting that in the exact same place every time. And what happens here, as I said, you know, he's got his left foot planted kind of going towards the right upright. And so what he has to do then, you know, his, his right shoulder is, or rather his left shoulder is skewed in that direction too. So what he has to do then is try to whip his leg around faster in order to counteract that. Well, he does that, but he ends up whipping it too fast and he's off balance. And so he ends up whipping his leg so quickly that it actually ends up clanging off the left upright in this case. And so, you know, this is a situation where there's a clear mechanical issue that is happening here. It's not at the beginning of the kick. It is at the most critical part of the kick. It's at his plant, which really directs all of the energy from that run-up and that approach into the ball. And so when that's off, what you end up with is he comes through this ball and you can see it even in his follow-through. And this is something that I point out there is when he follows through on the kick that he makes, and you see this, I've, I went through a number of kicks where this is the same. When he follows through on the kicks that he makes, he has a very slight lean over to his left after the kick. And the example that I used here, I think it was about 15 degrees uh, was the lean that he had to his left. But he's relatively balanced and centered over his body. In the kick that he misses, his body lean is about 23 degrees. So it's leaning significantly more. And it's just because he's so off balance and trying to come through in a different way that really everything, even after the ball is gone, is thrown off in that way. And that, I think, really illustrates just how that momentum uh, ended up being carried in that direction is look, you know, he's trying to keep, you know, his feet under him after his, uh, you know, after his swing through the ball and he's forced to lean a lot further in order to do that. And it just shows all of that momentum is being taken right outside that left upright. And that's right where the ball ends up going. Now, did you see that same problem with the plant foot? Because again, he moved around from left hash to the center of the field. Did you see it on both locations? I didn't look so much at the uh, the left hash ones just because those had, ha had happened earlier in the season and he had made the move uh, to the center of the field by, I think it was game, uh, I want to say either 10 or 11 was when he made that move and he actually stuck with the center of the field after, uh, even though he was struggling from there. So I didn't look at the ones uh, from the left hash as closely just because that wasn't where the majority of the issues were. If you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see where he comes out kicking from uh, from extra points in the first part of the season here. I'm very curious to see that in the preseason even just because I want to know if he's going back to that left hash, which I think I think he has the type of motion that it makes a whole lot more sense to be kicking from there to begin with or if he continues to try to work with the center of the field. If he's sticking with the center of the field, I have to believe that's a coach's decision and not his because nothing I saw here suggests that he should be kicking from the center of the field. The way his mechanics are set up, the way he tends to drift to begin with, he is a left hash guy. He has that type uh, of approach and that type of swing where because of all that torque, look, he, he's going to end up probably pushing the ball a little bit to the right sometimes. And when you try to move to the center and you try to correct that, you end up with these types of issues. This is what you run into here uh, when you try to change that up. So if I were 
coaching Carpenter, the very first thing that I would do is move him back to the left hash because I have to imagine that this is a coaching decision to have him kicking from the middle, not actually his decision just because he doesn't look as good from there. You know, he does not look as good. He was better from the other area, and I'm not sure... uh, I'm not sure why he's still there, and I, and, I, and I hope he's not still there to start this season. Have you heard any reports or seen any reports out of Buffalo Bills camp where he's kicking from, or have you heard that discussed at all? Do you have any indication that he's changed back? I haven't. I, I don't know to this point. Um, I think the first Bills preseason game, uh, when is it? I'm trying to think of when it is. I think it is... August 12th, so it's this Friday, so we'll get a pretty good look at it, and it's going to be up Oh, in- it's tonight. Yeah, look at that. Look at the t- look at how we timed that look up for our that. listeners. Oh, I didn't even, it just clicked for me. Yeah, so we've got that tonight, so it's it's not a bad time to uh, check in there if you can. Obviously, I know most of those games are only shown locally, uh, but this is something that I do want to dig into. He's going to be kicking in Ralph Wilson Stadium, so on his home field, and I do want to take a look at this to see... Okay, where's he kicking from, and, and how does he actually look? It's, it's going to be something that I really dig into here because if he continues in the manner that he did in the second half of the year, he, the caliber of kicker he is, it, it, it's not going to stand up. He, he needs to be able to get back to his mechanics and what works for him. If, they, if he continues to try to kick from the center and continues to show the same mechanical issues, He's not going to be long for Buffalo, and I think it's too bad because he is a good kicker. I just think he's going about this in the wrong way for one reason or another. So that's uh, that's kind of where I stand on him. Now the big question is going to be, can the Bills score a touchdown in that preseason game tonight so we can get a look at this? Oh, yeah, they'll get at least one, you know. I, I They'll get at least, you know, especially you start to get, uh, you know, first preseason game, you don't really see – uh, you know, a whole lot of starters, either on offense or defense. So you tend to see, you know, some guys who maybe aren't the sharpest tacklers and don't take the sharpest angles to the ball. So I think you'll see at least one or two. Well, Chuck, that's a great job breaking down Dan Carpenter and his ability or inability to hit the extra point. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, look, again, this is a guy who in the last three years, very solid kicker from uh, field goals. Uh, unfortunately, uh, was not able to put it together at the longer extra point distance last year. I think a lot of that is due to the shift that he made to the center of the field. I'd like to see him back on the left hash, but we'll see where he ends up uh, coming out from early this season, and we'll see if he's been able to put those uh, those issues behind him. Well, Chuck, great stuff from you, folks. Please check out the article. It's on InsideThePylon.com right now where Chuck looks at Dan Carpenter. That's a week, Chuck. We're wrapped. It's beer clock again. It's bear clock. What's the what's, what do people drink in Buffalo that they should get themselves a case of to watch little Dan Carpenter tonight? I don't, I'm trying what, to look it up myself. Are there, is any, there like Anchor Steam or something that's up there? Is Anchor Steam a Buffalo beer? I don't know. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Well, Googling Buffalo breweries here, I have the Buffalo Brewing Company. Resurgence. Anchor Bar. That's what I was thinking of, Anchor Bar. That's where Buffalo Winds were invented. Is that right? I didn't know yeah. that. I knew they were up in Buffalo. I just didn't know the uh, the place. But it looks like Buffalo's got a few uh, few decent looking uh, craft breweries there. So maybe we uh, maybe we take the trip up sometime and check it out. I think we should. Yeah. If any listeners are up there in that area and have 
local Buffalo uh, breweries to recommend, please do send us some tweets at IT Pylon. That would be great. Yeah, let us know. And we can also uh, do a little Niagara Falls trip while we're there. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. We'll look forward to that. We'll look forward to next Monday when we're back. But until then, Mark Schoolfield, Chuck Zada, signing off for the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Mm-hmm.